here brought to us God's salvation. Salvation to all men. A free offer of salvation. Deliverance from our sins. For the Lamb of God takes away uh, our sin. And He has, by His great mercy and through the gracious gift of God, uh, separated that sin from us. The Scripture says that He has not dealt with us after our sin nor rewarded us according to our iniquity, but uh, that He, as uh, the Father loves His children, so the Lord uh, pities those who fear Him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far as He separated our transgressions from us. And so we enjoy uh, this uh, relationship uh, with God, our Heavenly Father, now because of the work of our Lord Jesus Christ. That grace has appeared, has been made available uh, to you and to me. And so we celebrate what Christ did on the cross of Calvary as He loved us and gave Himself for us. Uh, so, uh, and, and this grace, notice uh, how this, the structure of what's being said here, this, this grace of God has appeared. It's been made manifest to you and to me uh, through our Lord Jesus Christ and it's instructing us. This is what I'd like to think about for a few moments this morning. The grace of God is giving instruction basically to do two, three things. And if we break down our passage here, there's a present grace <clears throat> that works and instructs us and teaches us and leads us into the will of our Father, into the very purposes for which God himself has called us to as his people. This instruction is given by the gracious gift of God. It's given uh, through the, the work of the Holy Spirit that was given by our Lord Jesus Christ. And so when Christ died on the cross, was resurrected from the grave, he appeared unto men, he ascended into heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father, he sent the Holy Spirit, that comforter, to be with us this morning. And so the scripture says that it's Christ in you, the hope of glory, that the very presence of the Spirit of Jesus Christ sent from heaven indwells his people. And this Holy Spirit is giving us instruction through the Word of God, through the revealed and uh, inerrant Word of God is giving us instruction in regard to godliness, in regard to what it means to walk in light of the truth that has been given through Jesus Christ. So we want to think about these things this morning, but basically we have in uh, verses 11 and, and uh, through thir uh, 12 there, we have uh, a present grace that's given by the Holy Spirit through the redemption that came in Christ and the gift of this Holy Spirit that He sent, not to, to be with us, but to dwell in us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That this empowering Spirit of God would enable us. Now, so the Scripture says that we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency, the power may be of God and not of ourselves. The power of the Spirit 
that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead now quickens our mortal bodies. That's eternal life. That's the work that Jesus Christ accomplished on the cross of Calvary for us. And he's instructing us in this power that is, enables us as believers to walk in a manner that's contrary to this world and all of the rules that rule it. It's contrary. It's the power of God. The power that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead. And it's that power that God declares enables us to see a change and transform life. A present grace that we know right now today. It is enabling. It is powerful. It is supernatural. It stands outside of the natural rules of this universe. The material rules that that direct our lives have been broken by the power of God. Because when Jesus Christ was resurrected from the grave, when He conquered death and the grave, all that sin ever held over us has been put to death. It was the death of death through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's what He did for you and for me. And so we celebrate it this morning as we remember this work that Jesus Christ did and the salvation, the grace of God has appeared to you. It's been made manifest. It's here in front of our, our eyes. It's in the experience of knowing our Lord Jesus Christ and the salvation which He has wrought. And this grace has given us instruction, a present grace to us. Uh, so as we look at it, uh, there's that we are instructed to deny something. Okay? First of all, to deny. And we're going to deny, the scripture says, ungodliness. So there's godliness, there's who Jesus is, and there's who Adam and all who came after him are. Uh, there is godliness because the word of God, the 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 expressed will of God was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld His glory, glory as of the only begotten of the Father and we saw the power and glory of God in the person of Jesus Christ and we're told to deny ungodliness. We're told to deny our Adamic nature. We're told to deny these things that are contrary to the beauty of our Lord Jesus Christ. Don't you want to do that? Don't you want to embrace the fullness of the glory of that eternal life that God has given us and live above the muck uh, by the power of God through Jesus Christ? We're called and given instruction by the grace of God that has appeared to us. And that instruction is that we're to deny ungodly. That which is contrary. And the scripture tells us that the flesh is going to war against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And as we know and as has been said, that spirit, that flesh will never want to serve God. It's going to be the same thing today as it will be tomorrow. And, and every day up until the resurrection of Jesus Christ and uh, we experience that mortality putting on immortality and the fullness of our redemption that will come in these later verses, the blessed hope. 
It's the blessed hope that we have. So we're to deny ungodliness. We're to deny these things that are right in front, the reality that is in front of our face, that our flesh will not want to serve God, that it will always be rebellious against God, that we can't reform it or, or, or make it something different than what it is. It has to go to the cross of Calvary to die there by faith in Christ. We're buried in his death to be raised up in his resurrection. And that power of the resurrection is now available for us in, to enable us to deny ungodliness, to deny that which is contrary to his word. And his spoken word is what we're to order our steps in. And the scripture says that he's granted unto us great and precious promises through his word, whereby we might be made partakers of his divine nature. So we may partake of his divine nature and know godliness instead of ungodliness through the power that God has worked through his son, our Lord Jesus Christ, through the grace that has appeared to us. The glory of Christ has been made available to you, brothers and sisters. The glory of our Lord Jesus Christ and what we celebrate here today in his death on the cross of Calvary when he bore the full penalty of your sin, that grace has been given to you that you might deny ungodliness. Deny ungodliness. In order to do that, we need to hear his word. We need to know what his word is and in obedience by the power of his inworking Holy Spirit within us, walk in harmony with what God said. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Hear my word. Walk in sync with what I'm telling you because it's good for you. It's life to you. It is what's needful for us. And to deny ungodliness. Secondly, we're to deny worldly desires. Now, the, the material and fleshly desires are, are, are an ongoing battle that we as believers uh, will deal with. Uh, because the material world is what we know. Uh, the material world is, is uh, it's what we often seek. And so we have these desires uh, but the scripture, the grace of God is teaching us to deny worldly desires. Now, it's all of our tendency to build our security uh, with our, our financial status or uh, to, to, to build uh, our, our, our need for, um, uh, for our identity uh, with uh, people, with pleasing people, with with having people uh, uh, pat us on the back and 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 uh, to uh, assure our significance as as an individual and a person, but the grace of God is to teaching us to deny these things and to find our security in Jesus Christ, to find our identity there. Not in the things that uh, we would would maybe use to uh, to to seek our significance in uh, in the approval of others, but to seek our our significance in who we are in Christ Jesus, uh, 
to, to move beyond to what the scripture tells us is uh, that uh, he is our Lord, our master. He's the one that created us, the one that, who redeemed us again to the Father. Therefore, all belongs to him. So Romans tells us, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, for it's your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I don't see God. I don't see Him as I see your faces, but His beautiful face, the beautiful face of our Lord Jesus Christ, that unseen spirit of, of the God who created us, that took upon himself flesh and became a human being for our benefit. But that is the one that we're to seek, to seek his approval above all other things, not being conformed to this world, not being pressed for worldly desires, but for that which God has set before us. But not only are we told to deny certain things in a negative sense, but in a positive sense, we're told to live sensibly, to live. First we're to deny ungodliness and worldly desires. Now we're to live sensibly and righteously and godly. Now sensibly is the idea of, of uh, sober-minded. It's to be, uh, it's the, the word which gets sophomore from, it comes from that uh, um, uh, particular Greek word, but it means to be sensible or to be sober-minded, to, to look at things not from the material, the worldly desires, and it's a contrast here because you've got the worldly desires and then you've got sober-mindedness You've got a focus that moves to, to what is spiritual. God is spirit. And, and what is the unseen realm? It's not the material world that we, that we know and that we live in and that we experience. But it's the unseen spiritual world where God dwells on his, in his throne on heaven. And so living sensibly is in regard to that reality, to that truth of who God is. So we're to live sensibly and to live righteously. Now this word is also the word for justice. It means doing the right thing, the just thing with others. It means uh, to, to, to live in a selfless manner as our Lord Jesus Christ did. It means to follow after him, to, to put our steps and to take up our cross and follow after him, uh, to, to, to be like him, to imitate Christ. But more than imitate by God's Spirit and by this grace that has appeared and is working through us, through His Holy Spirit and through the, the realities of His Word, we're walking in sync. We're ordering our steps in that Word in accordance with the will of God. And that's righteous. That's just. That's where God wants us to be. And then we're to live godly. We're to live godly lives. The Scripture tells us to be holy for I am holy. We're to be like Him. He's called you to that. You say, well, that's, that's uh, easy to read these words and to hear them, but, to, but how do you just how do you do these things? And, and this, this is the thing that the grace of God does what we can't do in and of ourselves. And our faith 
is the engagement of that grace because we believe in the promises. He's granted unto us these great and precious promises. To put faith in those promises is to see and to know and to experience the reality that God has intended through the work that Jesus Christ did. That is there. It's there for within our grasp. And the, and the most sorrowful thing that will happen one day when we stand before the Bema Seat of Christ will be that we didn't trust God enough. We didn't trust His Word enough. We didn't rely upon Him enough to see all of the, the glory of what He intended for us. But I pray that God might grant to us that glory that we might know the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ because He has sworn to exalt Him and exalt His name. And if we lay hold of these things which God has done, then, uh, then we will glorify our Lord Jesus Christ according to His will and we'll see a transformed human life because Jesus Christ has given the power to do these things in our lives. So we're to live sensibly, righteously, and godly. And then we're to anticipate. Look at verse 13. Looking for, or that word can be translated waiting for, but it's, it's, it's saying that we're to anticipate something, a future glory, the blessed hope, the future glory of the return of Jesus Christ, the time when God's kingdom will come and God's will will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. When these bodies that are flesh and that are contrary will be resurrected to newness of life. Mortality will put on immortality. The glory of it is inconceivable. And our minds may be sluggish and sleepy, but just think about it for a moment. All of the things that hinder this physical body will be removed. We'll have freedom like there's, it's inconceivable to your minds what kind of freedom that we will have in Christ Jesus. It is uh, glorious. It's the glory of Jesus Christ that, that God will work and will accomplish. It's His promise to us. And do you anticipate it? Yeah. I know <clears throat> that we have certain desires. I want to just want for you to think about this for a moment. We have certain desires in life and things that we want to accomplish in life and things that we want to see in life and things that you want to do. But nothing compares to what we're talking about here. Nothing that you're desiring and seeking for on this side of glory and, and that resurrection body that we receive in Jesus Christ can compare. And, and I think we need to anticipate it. We need to wait for the blessed hope. We need to long for it. And, 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 and if you're not there, and it's, it's okay, be, be sincere and truthful with yourself. I mean, I mean, we're sitting here and we're going, well, there's a lot of things in life. I'd, I'd like a little more of this life and, and, and certain things here. It doesn't compare. There's nothing that can compare to the blessed hope, that future hope that's coming at the appearing of Jesus Christ. That's when it comes. That's when God's glory, when, when all of the realities of what, 
what God has accomplished through Jesus Christ and the promises that He has given will be known in the fullness of what they are. And uh, we should anticipate it. We should long for it. We should yearn for it. And if you don't, ask God to give you that longing for it. Ask God to, to fix you. You know, we need to be fixed. That's why we're here at church. Hear the word to get fixed by God's word. In the word of God, the grace of God that has appeared is teaching us these things that we're to anticipate and lay hold of the hope, the blessed hope of the coming of Jesus Christ and all that it will mean. And you may be sitting there saying, you know, I just I can't see it. I can't see how good that's going to be. And, 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 and that's, that's the way we are in the flesh. We're material people. Uh, and our flesh is that way. But the Spirit of God gives us that truth and that hope that we need to long for. Anticipate the blessed hope. Look at the, the word there again from verse 13. Looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Christ Jesus. Who gave himself for us. Think about it. Think about the extent of the love of the Lord Jesus Christ that he had for you. It's personal. Don't see him as someone on the cross 2,000 years ago that did something good for men or for mankind. Uh, see it in reality as it is. He gave himself for you. The scripture tells us that he gave himself for me. He gave himself for you. He went to the cross with that specific and direct intention. He knows you. God knows you. He knows who you are. He knows all of your flaws. He knew all of the sins that he would have to die for you. But he gave himself for you. Scripture goes on to say he gave himself for you that he might redeem us from every lawless deed. So what's the purpose to redeem us from every lawless deed. He wants us to live godly. He wants us to live righteously. He wants us to treat one another as He treated us. That we might love one another and that we might display the glories of the kingdom of God and the, the provision that God has made through, for us through Christ Jesus to have real life, eternal life, to, to be about what it really means to live the Christian life. To live the life that God created us for in His image. There's nothing better than that. He's redeemed us from the lawless deeds. He has redeemed us for Himself and to purify for Himself a people. To purify us for good deeds. Don't you want to embrace those? Uh, don't, we, don't we long for it? I know that the flesh wars against the spirit and we're hindered because of our stinking flesh. But God has given to us a spirit and a desire to purify to good deeds, to do that which is pleasing in his sight. And don't you long to please the Lord God. Well, let's go uh, to the Lord's table. And we're going to remember that He loved us and that He gave Himself for us that He might redeem us from those lawless deeds 
and purify us to those good deeds which Christ has worked. I'd ask the men to come forward.